This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver. I'm Bree Davies, and I'm here with my producer, Paul Caroli. All this week, we're counting down our top stories in Denver of 2022. We're on number four. Our number four story. Okay, we're just going to get into it. Yeah. Tipping fatigue. Okay, this has to be one of those stories that we covered on multiple episodes, and we still have an episode outstanding that we're trying to do. Like, that's how... I never want to stop talking about it. It's fascinating. Uh, well, let me just tell you, I had an interesting thought about the, you know, the nobody wants to work uh-huh. narrative that dominated this year that's just totally weird. Uh-huh. This is separate from tipping fatigue and more about the work environment. I was at the mall recently and most stores are understaffed, right? It's like everywhere you go, it feels desperate. Like there's not enough people. The people that are working are overworked, they're exhausted, they have no help. I went actually I went to a Walgreens the other night and they were closed early and I have a feeling it's because no one was there to run it. <laughs> also, Walgreens are the gateway to hell. I don't know anyone would want to work there. But all stores are like this except Sephora. Really? Sephora is crushing has it. lively five zillion employees and a gazillion customers. Like I got helped by like four different people when I was in there. Wow. And I have a theory about this. One, they must pay okay for retail. Two what is one of the biggest subcultures on YouTube? Makeup. 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 It's like, duh. So I just thought that was an interesting observation. Hmm. I was like, I have never been to a Sephora where there aren't a million people working. Hmm. It's like 1999 in there. I don't know. It's crazy. Can I ask you a question? And I swear I'm not trying to provoke you. Oh, please, Paul. You are always trying to provoke me, but you are welcome to ask me a question. Do you tip your Sephora makeup helper? I wish I could. If I, you know what, if I got a makeover, like when you go in and sit down Mm -hmm. and they do your face and usually you, the best thing you can do is when you go into those situations is buy a lot of the stuff that they recommend because they usually make commission. But um, if I got like a makeover, if someone did my makeup for an event, of course I would tip them. Mm. I tip anyone that does a service. So yes, absolutely. Mm. Well, I think this tipping thing is interesting and and it is going to be, continue to be a big issue because the minimum wage is going up on January 1st. So all of those after effects that we were talking about and kind of trying to predict with experts in the service industry and uh, some restaurant owners that we talked to and some restaurant owners who rejected my emails and didn't want to talk about this for, I don't know, I mean, probably good reasons. It seems like a hard situation, to be honest. I wouldn't want to be the face of this. Um, But that's all going to happen on January 1st. Should be interesting. Mm -hmm. I think it's a push and pull here because... You know, I advocate for workers' rights and folks to be paid fairly. Uh, My concern is 
is this going to be a tough, a heavy lift for smaller restaurants um, that are already working on the margins? And are we going to see a loss of more restaurants that are local and uh, push for more, which is something I think Molly Martin has talked about a little bit, Westward Food Editor. Yeah. The concern that like more national chains will come through and dominate and we'll have less and less local. And not to say that that is, has to be a balance between workers getting paid enough. I just see as an individual business owner, it's probably tough. Yeah, I mean, we saw this with one business already, Book Bar. Nicole Sullivan, who owns the place, she was on the show actually earlier this year when she bought the bookies, but she put out a post in, I think, November blog post saying like, Book Bar's got to close, guys. Sorry. I just am not going to be able to make it work with the minimum wage going up. Now, you could say that there's obviously other factors involved, like, you know, if the business was on fire booming, would it be as big a deal that minimum wage was going up? But no, and isn't it like, shouldn't you be able to run a business if you want to? Like, I don't know, tough situation, but we're going to keep talking about it. Tipping fatigue. Bree, anything else to say about this one? No, I would just put a call out to small business owners, uh, particularly in restaurants. If you would like to talk to us about what you're experiencing or what your thoughts are as we go into this in the new year, we'd love to hear from you. I would love, I mean, we had a great conversation with the Three Stars podcast folks. Samantha, Bill, and Brad, all veterans of the service industry, gave us some great insight into what it's like being someone in a front-facing customer service-oriented job in 2022. And I I respect them so much. I'd also just love to hear from some folks that own restaurants. So mm -hmm. please reach out to us. Yeah. So this episode that y'all are about to hear is our episode with uh, you and me and Peyton. This was a Friday. We just talked about tipping. It was in the news that week. People were talking about it online. And we just sat down and aired, aired our thoughts. And uh, this was one of our most popular episodes of the year. So I hope you all enjoy it. There's just something happening with tipping. Like something's changing with tipping at restaurants, with like dining out, taking out, all of it. No one's really satisfied with the situation. And there was just a few stories that local TV station had a really interesting one. And then, um, but I don't know, let's just start with us. Like Peyton, you said you were thinking about this the whole drive down from Erie. What's at the top of your mind? It's such a complicated topic and there's so many different avenues to take it down. I, I mean, I think I'll first preface it with, I was a waitress all through college. And um, so I know, I think when you've, when you've been mm -hmm. in the industry, you think of tipping differently. Mm -hmm. You kind of have a fuller perspective on everything that goes into Absolutely. a dining experience. And um, it just makes you way more cognitive of everything happening in the restaurant that contributes to the experience that you're having. So tipping to me has always been really important because that's how I survived college. Uh, you would have to have, I mean, you would have to be spitting in my face in order to warrant like a zero tip from me. I mean, like as a customer, yeah, you're yeah, saying yeah, yeah, yeah. you a waitress, don't not tip. Yeah, or a yeah, I don't not tip for quote unquote bad service. I mean, because so much goes into it. Maybe the kitchen's backed up and that's why your food took so long. Maybe the bar's backed up and that's why your drink was late. Maybe the- <laughs> You sound like me at the table where we're like, well, it looks like the server's really busy. So yeah, like I you're mean, just like, you're not, you're not engaging in your yeah. dining experience. You're engaging in the restaurant. You just know. Business. I mean, mm -hmm. I've been there. I've had a bad night. I've had a night where I've been oversat because a- a call, you know, um, a coworker didn't show up or the mm -hmm. kitchen, I feel, is personally sabotaged. 
massaging my section. You know, there's just so much that <laughs> or goes into it. the host is just it. overloading you with the worst yeah. customers of all time. So it's they like, know how these people are going to tip. Right. So, I mean, it's just like, I don't, I try to think of that if I have a subpar dining experience. Like mm-hmm. my server shouldn't get paid less, shouldn't go home with less money because of all of these different factors that go into it. You know, like I watched this funny video about tipping and he was like, you don't go to a store and they tell you, hey, these jeans are $40 and then you can tip the stock boy if you want. Up to you if the stock boy eats tonight. Like, <laughs> it's just not how that works. So I don't know. It's a it's a really, really complicated thing, I think. And then I, I do see the downsides of tipping too. And more specifically, I'm, t- I'm thinking of like, the really weird power dynamics it creates yes. across the restaurant. Like if if the I feel psychological like, warfare yeah. that can sometimes go on between, between a server and a and customer host or a server yeah. in the kitchen. Like if I if I would go and I'd see the bartender joshing around with some friends, I'd oh be like, dude, God, don't get me started. My tips are riding on that drink that you're not making. Like oh my God. it just kind of creates this power struggle. It's very weird. I'm having a flashback right now. As many listeners know, I was a chili head for several years I worked at Chili's and Peyton you're describing this bartender that if you worked with me at Chili's in the early 2000s you know his name starts with a b he would stand there and screw around and talk to his customers because he's working the bar making his money Mm -hmm. he also has the well he's supposed to be working which Mm -hmm. is making your drinks Mm -hmm. so you walk over to the well and you just watch the risk like the the printout coming of all the drinks that people need and they're just curling up and mm-hmm. b-word is standing over there dicking around with his his customers because he doesn't care yeah he wants and, to make money yeah and you'd be i know you'd come on for a shift and be like oh he's the bartender tonight great it's well like, there go all my tips yeah it's kind of like a weird manipulative dynamic too because like you and you know if you've never been a server you might not know this but like you tip out the host, and then you tip, you out, tip the out the bartender, you tip out the dishwashers. And so it's like, if you treat the host extra nice and tip them extra, like they'll give you the good tables or, you know, the bar, the bar guy, if you don't tip him out normally, you know, maybe he doesn't rush on your drinks. So it's like, it's just such a, it creates such a weird dynamic across the whole staff. Can I say as, as someone who's never had this experience, well, a couple of things, but one, it sounds like a mafia organization. 100%. The way there's all this like power plays mm-hmm. happening between who gets what and oh, who's the inner circle and who's the who's the head of the Oh, you want to be friends. Popular. You want to be friends with the host cuz they they would like bring in these little high school kids and I was a host for a while too so I get that. And I remember like the servers like try and win you over, they try and be buddy buddy, they bring you a coffee because they know that like you have the power, <laughs> you know? Well, I'm also thinking about I I think I shared this on Twitter the other day. I had this crazy revelation. I got fired from Chili's for being late, which was like kind of BS. But then I thought my manager was sleeping with a bunch of servers and he didn't get fired. Oh, yeah. Like if you want to talk about mafioso stuff, you are correct, Paul. The power dynamics beyond the host is like Mm -hmm. who makes the schedule? Oh, what totally. The, how the fry cook feels about you. Yeah. If, I mean, you it know goes I mean? far beyond tipping. Like, yeah, that's like a whole nother podcast episode. Just talking <laughs> well, about the dynamics well, in the industry. Gosh, I have like, oh my. There's I know. like uh, so much to talk about here. I, ha- I have to say one thing before I forget. For other people like me out there who have never worked in the service industry and can't really relate to this. 
I think that the closest I got was Barbara Ehrenreich's Nickel and Dimed. Oh, yeah. She wrote a beautiful piece of journalism about her experience working as a waitress, making a minimum wage, and li- just living like that for I don't remember how long. I read it a long time and ago. And she went sort of not undercover, but she was a journalist who mm. was like, how do I get to the root of yeah. this story that's being not being told, but so many folks are living every day. So she became that. She lived wow, it. that's she cool. Lived it. Yeah, this, she just passed away last week. That's what I wanted to say. Just she passed away, and if anyone hasn't read her book, they should. I haven't. Especially I haven't done either. It's an incredible. It changed my like. It was one of a few things that really changed my outlook on the world. I think that's cool. Um, let's talk about the pandemic hmm. because you all are talking about vibes in a business and relationships changing and values changing and the pandemic threw all that up in the air and now we've got all these problems with tipping what's the connection it changed everything like you're saying i think what's interesting about what peyton was just describing was that restaurants like we peel back the initial layer and you see all the inner workings. Mm-hmm. So even if you're like you, Paul, and you've never worked in a restaurant, you can start to pick up on these things. But also, you're paying, you're paying, you're deciding who to pay and how to pay them as a customer. Oh, we yeah. don't do that in a ton of other industries. We do it in a lot of service-oriented industries. But like other things, we never see that backside of mm-hmm. how things work. We order something or whatever, and it comes to us. So thinking about like if you order something from Amazon, you're not deciding what the Amazon driver gets paid. You're not deciding what the person that packed your boxes experiences, but it's different with restaurants. And I think the pandemic yet again changed it where we were really questioning what was of value, mm-hmm. right? Is sir, But my struggle is before the pandemic, as these entities like Grubhub and Uber Eats and Postmates came into um like it came commonplace yeah let's create the society you know well i think about my um a friend of mine was a server and an expo and talked about this people that put Mm -hmm. together to-go orders a lot and also they put together the orders for the whole restaurant but at any rate when you when grubhub enters the situation that person suddenly is not getting tipped Mm -hmm. and they're doing all the work so it's like we were getting farther and far with the pandemic we get farther and farther away from the people that are actually doing the work for us so then we think that they're not worth as much i think a little bit had to do with not seeing what was going on just ordering to go Mm -hmm. and i feel like that might have led to this like tipping apathy or whatever it was called in these recent articles about it like fatigue tipping fatigue yeah like people are like not seeing which is like should we have to see people work to tip them well, no? <laughs> no, but I I saw, have you all seen this video from TikTok? I'm not normally on there, but I saw a video. My friend Mallory was telling me about this last night. There was this video that went viral on TikTok that shows Grubhub orders piling up at a takeout restaurant, just piling up. And there's Grubhub drivers there. They're just not taking those orders because no one has added a sufficient tip to make mm-hmm. it worth their mm-hmm. time. So the orders are just sitting there and the what? drivers are there. And they're not getting it. The drivers aren't picking up the orders and taking them because they're waiting for orders that have bigger tips to make it worth the time it takes to drive out and back. Isn't that interesting? I've I've only discovered this now that I live somewhere that's like, so I live way out in Erie. And so like, we're really far from anywhere that's going to deliver. And so I've learned now when I've, the few times I've tried to have something delivered, if I'm not tipping like eight to $10, nobody takes my order. And I just don't get it because no one's going to drive drive. that distance unless I'm giving a really good tip. Wow. 
it's very strange. And then you'll just you'll just never get it. And eventually they'll be like, sorry, Whoa. <laughs> you just don't get this order. Yeah, it's so weird. That I, must be what this is. Mm-hmm. They're just piling up. Mm-hmm. Where's the response? I think we have this. The joke we have, too, is like, you know, we order we order uh, food every time we get together every week to do this show. And we always joke, are we going to get our drinks? Right. Like, <laughs> the $3 can of Coke, am I yeah. going to get it? So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to fault these drivers, but I also like it's complicated. The, these third party things have come in and cut into restaurants margins already. Mm-hmm. So I just see a lot of unhappiness in folks and I understand it. It's gotten more convoluted and you're maybe making less money. But I also don't want to pay $15 in a tip when I get half my food. For me, it's it's I'm confused as to where my money's going. So and I think that's a big thing now with it's huge with the, with like you said, the further and further away we get the more middlemen that we put into this chain. I'm just confused. I'm like, who's who's getting this money and who needs this money? Who's not making a living wage? Who's making minimum like and and that's just when I'm like, I'm confused. Like who's doing the work is the person who's putting together my order getting my tip is the driver getting my I'm just I don't know where my money's going and it complicates how I feel about tipping on things like that. Yeah, because that's the question here that we're all having. And I'm, I, so I pulled up one of our our orders uh, like that we had you know, one of our staff orders and it's like $77 for four people. That seems pretty reasonable. Uh, I don't know. It's fast casual, right? We're ordering from a fast casual restaurant. There's a $9 service fee. There's a $5 tax. There's a 27 cent retail delivery fee. There's a 49 cent delivery fee. There's a $12.77 tip. That's all on Who top knows? of right, and then Who then I'm like, that that's is. what I'm saying. Where, yeah, I don't know. It's now become so complicated. Like, I don't. Who's getting what? Right, and that's when I'm. You know, I mean, I'm happy to tip more Same. if I knew who was getting the money. Like, I just don't know where it's going. I was at um, Gladys last night, the new uh, vegan. They call they call it Plant Forward place in the Edgewater Public Market. Oh yeah, it was pretty good. The Reuben was like celery root, and I liked it quite a bit. But uh, their tipping was so weird, and I was thinking about this obviously because I knew we were going to talk about it. So, I, I was an iPad, right? Which I want to talk to you about as well. Mm-hmm. That seems like a new interesting thing, but. There was an iPad. It was like, here are your options for tipping. 5%, 10%, or 15%. That's it. That's the only option. See, I hate it when that happens because I want to tip more. Did they not give you a custom button? That's what, well, I was like, what do I do, dude? I don't, this doesn't, I would like to tip my regular always 20%. Yeah. Um, And he said, no, 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 look down. And in tiny, (laughs) small print taped to the wooden counter in front of the iPad was a paragraph describing why they have imposed a 10% service fee. And uh, I just, it was, I was all jargon and I completely didn't understand it at all. So I, and he was like, yeah, it gets split around people. It was like, I don't, what, but it just what adds is this? Confusion. Why are we doing this? Yeah, it adds think about confusion. how people act when you're in line. It's mm-hmm. like anywhere I'm in line now, people cannot wait for you to get out of their way. Do you have time to stand and read a paragraph about a service fee when like, just let me tip. Yeah. But also some people aren't tipping 20%, Paul. Yeah, like that's true. I tip that's twenty true. to forty percent. If it's happy hour, if I'm getting a deal, I tend to tip more. Um, but I hate when I don't have the option to tip or tip enough. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's. We got. We've laid out the problems. We've talked about the problems. 
We're going to take a little break and come back and talk about solutions because we're going to come to them. Do we have a one? firm list of actionable solutions? <laughs> I don't know what those are. Okay, I think we've taken plenty of time. Now we're talking <laughs> yeah, about solutions. I assume you two them? have thought of a good can, list here. Uh, Let's, who wants to start with a solution to the tipping problem? I will start with what I think the industry thinks is a solution right now, which is the service fee. Okay. Um, which is this fee that people that that restaurants are adding so it's like this 20% sometimes like you said Paul 10% that they automatically add um that gets distributed among the staff I think in theory <laughs> that makes a lot of sense um but it just ultimately adds more confusion mm -hmm. right Yeah Frank Bonanno does this at all of his restaurants too and Jackie, um, Jacqueline Bonanno, his wife and business partner, she actually wrote a whole blog post on w what their fee is, why they choose to do it, how they came to that decision. They call it the um, happy people fee, I think. Uh, and it's a 22% fee on all of their stuff. Mm -hmm. And their whole thing is they want to eliminate pay inequities. They want to eliminate the like, I mean, because tip the, the tipping system that we have kind of breeds, like we said, these weird power dynamics among the staff, these weird yeah. power dynamics among between the customer and the server. And it, you know, it can breed racism and misogyny and um just all sorts of inequities. So their idea is to eliminate that and eliminate the pressure and like awkwardness and confusion that comes with tipping. So like I think in theory, all of that really makes sense. But it's, I don't know, it's still kind of confusing to me. Like, do you tip on top of that? It needs to that? be universal. Like, it needs to be like a state or city decided upon thing so that customers know every single place I go into, fast, casual, or regular restaurant, mm -hmm. has a 20% service fee. But see, then why don't we just do the whole, why don't we just eliminate that altogether and just like raise food prices so you're just paying a flat fee well, like you do a, in other industries? That's a whole other issue, Pay, because people don't know the value of our food. Like we're not right. paying yeah. the real value of food. If we paid the that's real sure. value of food, if we talk, I mean, we're going back to the labor practices of folks that are doing agricultural work for us mm. they're not getting paid yeah livable wages in substandard conditions in most cases so if we were actually paying what it costs for the labor of the food and the delivery of the food and the econ the uh, environmental impacts of tra food traveling here and then the preparation and all of the um you know, the skill that goes into cooking that food. And you know what I mean? I think about that unskilled labor conversation where people mm -hmm. are like course, the way that yeah. unskilled labor has always been a way to um, degrade folks that do really hard work. And that happens a lot in kitchens prepped, especially when you see how much work goes into that. It, it's like if we really paid for all that food <laughs> would be really expensive. I know, but then it just kind of feels unfair that all of that falls on the server getting Totally. Oh, really? Stiffed. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, I don't know. It's really confusing. The blog post, we can share it in the uh, in the show notes because it was interesting. And, and she links to some interesting stuff. Two things are um, this really interesting video on YouTube by this guy who says 
Adam ruins everything. Have you ever heard of oh, it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he uh, he does a video and it was actually pretty hilarious. And he talks about how like, oh, way before prohibition, like tipping was not a thing because, you know, the American ideal was, oh, everyone should be able to, you know, make a fair wage. But then like prohibition happened and people were trying to save money. So they're like, oh, anyways. Hi, I'm Adam Conover. Hey, Adam. Don't encourage him. And right now you probably hate me for even daring to question the custom of tipping. Yeah, what the fudge? But bear with me. The other interesting thing that she linked hmm. to was um, this New York Times article about Danny Meyer. So he's a restaurant oh, yeah. giant in New York. Shake Shack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh. And and like Gramercy Tavern and all this stuff in New York. And he actually eliminated tipping back in 2015. So he's been doing it for a while. But then when the pandemic hit come 2020, he went back to tipping. Really? Yeah. And I he, didn't know he did that. Mm -hmm. And he said the reason he did that is because of where the industry, the industry was in such a weird place. He wanted his serving staff to be able to get all of the, you know, possible financial help that they could get. I don't know mm. that he's re-implemented that. He made it clear that he was still working with like national organizations to eliminate tipping. But what I found really interesting about the article is they quoted a bunch of servers at his restaurants. And when he first implemented this no tipping policy, they left. Like he had servers who quit and they were like, yeah, it sounds good in theory, but like that's not what I signed up for when I became a bartender right. or when I became be a server. You want to based on your your well, highest you, performance, your but you also the best, the most possibility, or what well, is that? I don't understand that. Actually, you have these jobs because you have the ability to possibly make more. Mm -hmm. So mm. I've worked retail and restaurant, and in retail, you have no control mm -hmm. over what you get paid. Like customer doesn't have anything to do with that. But on some weeks, you're working enough hours that you're making good money and you're not doing generally not doing as much work as a server. Mm. But if you're a server, you have the chance to make more. You got mm -hmm. a Friday night shift. You might make a couple hundred bucks. It's like putting a cap on a salesperson. You know, nobody wants that. And so like, you know, people were saying like bartender who has a chance to go up into management might choose not to because this bartender knows that they're going to make more money as a bartender getting the good Friday shifts. And working less yeah. than a manager. Yeah, honestly. working way less than a way less hard than a manager, you know. So hmm. I don't know. It was interesting to hear that all of those servers were like, yeah, we're not into this. So for me, the service fee comes down to I would want to see. I would want to know exactly how much it's affecting servers income. This is worrisome to me because my solution, the, the only one that I had to offer was get rid of this terrible system, charge more, put the real price on the menu. Let's skip this whole garbage. And then still allow folks to tip. <sighs> well. Because I'm going to tip anyway. I will always tip. I think, it's, I think it's just a fundamentally bad and biased system that preys on people at their most vulnerable. Like I think that you, you know, as when I hear these stories about a server, like wanting to work the Friday shift, getting more money, I just think like, yeah, you're living for the moment. But like, is in the end, is it more money? Really? Is it more than like, if you have like five bad shifts and then one banger, you know? It, I mean, it's so layered, Paul. It's where you choose to work. Like I think about, yeah. I had a friend who was a server at Barolo Grill for a long time. Mm -hmm. They're a nice restaurant. Their bills are pretty steep. Like you're going to spend money when you go in there. So you're going to tip well. But you also have to have more knowledge as a server like that about yeah. wines and mm -hmm. about food process versus where I was at Chili's. Like, come on, I'll take your order. Ch Chili's was about turn and burn. Right. Get folks in and out the door. 
as fast as you can, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want people hanging out. You want them to, unless they're drinking, they can hang out all night because drinking all the money is in alcohol. Right. Big margin. Yeah. Big margin for, for a booze. But so there's different, there's different, um, levels of serving, fine dining, bartending, Fast ca- I mean, I try to t- I, w- I want to tip Mc- the people at McDonald's and I can't <laughs> because they work really hard. Any of us do a job at yeah. McDonald's for one day and tell me if you could handle it. It's rough. Multitasking. Can you imagine taking an order, talking to somebody else in real life while someone is talking in your ear, making money exchange, getting food from someone else like these folks do so much work and they don't get tipped either. I think tipping is great. If you want to tip everybody, tip everybody, I tip, do, tip everybody you want to tip. Huh. But my thing is, it's just not fair to the servers because they're making such a lower wage. Like if you want to tip your server, maybe, th- maybe that's great because you really loved their service. Like, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about coffee shops. Like I before, there was a time when I didn't tip at coffee shops. Really? Unless Same. I- Really? Yeah, unless oh, I went yeah. in and I had like a stellar interaction with like the person. I'd be like, yeah, here's, you know, I'll throw a couple bucks in their tip jar. But like, I didn't tip at coffee shops. Like, Wow. It just would never register for me, really. Like if there's a tip jar and there's a few dollars in it, I would think, okay, someone had some change that yeah, they didn't want to carry in their or, pocket. For or sure. It just didn't even... I get offended when people put change in there. I'm like, you put change in there? Give somebody a dollar. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, I just think... But then with, with, with servers, when you know they're making a really low wage, there's this like pressure to... You're like, hey, my tip is is their living. Like you yeah, have to tip you. and you have to tip well. Especially because we know coming from being servers, yeah, I was making two thirteen an hour. It's uh, when I'm tipping at a coffee shop, it's because I really had a stellar experience or something versus when I'm tipping a server, I know that I'm paying their bills. Can you guys imagine if the job that we did right now was tipped? It is, listeners. <laughs> Send us an email. I mean, it does. It is in certain ways. Patreon's created a, an essential thing like oh, that. Yeah. Coffee, yeah. the tip, all the tipping things you can do. That would stress me out so bad. Yeah. Like, am I doing my job correctly every day? So there's just like so much that goes into it. Also, servers generally don't have health care. I mean, yeah. back of house generally doesn't have health care. There's all these other things that these people are living on the bare minimums. Peyton, tell us about the blog post because yeah, we so, have numbers actually. So going back to to this whole service fee thing and, and my whole question is, is it making a difference for incomes? You know, they say that it's to address pay inequity between the front of the house and the back of the house. Well, um, the Bonanos wrote a blog post and they shared some some numbers. They said that the kitchen, which is back of house, now that they've implemented their creating happy people fee, which is a 22% charge that goes automatically onto all bills, the back of house has earned 22% more than they did before they implemented this service fee. And they said front of house wages are up 10%. Huh. So to me, that doesn't sound, oh, it's, I guess it's 10% above what servers were making. Yeah. So before they implemented this fee, when they were just relying on tips, servers are now making 10% more than that. And back of house in the kitchen is making 22% more. I still don't really know what to do with those numbers. I feel like... This is the solution we've been looking for. This is more pay for everybody. This is great. But that's what I was saying. So do we do just institute or try to fight for instituting service fees across all restaurants and then eliminate tipping or at least have it as an option, but it doesn't have to be that 
front facing like i don't know i don't know i'm still gonna do i mean do I do no serve idea. do does it feel like you have a choice in the type of job like can you work at a place like uh if you want to if you like this service fee model and you want to have less pressure on the day-to-day shifts does it feel like you can move from job to job easily and not make right comparable now. wages i mean i think there's just not enough places doing it right now that you could do i mean maybe in the future we're somewhere where you have that option but I don't feel like enough. Like right now you can go work with for Frank Bonanno or City of City. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Like that we know of. Yeah. There, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, sure there's other I'm folks sure. out there. But I mean, I just I don't know. I, yeah. I don't think it's reopened yet. Vine Street Pub on 17th. I don't think so. The way that they used to do it. I don't know if it's like this at the other restaurant at Mountain Sun in Boulder, but um, you didn't have a server, one server. Everybody waited on you and they pulled all their tips. Always. They also do cash only. And they do cash only. Which and Will if you thinks, couldn't, my husband thinks that that just means that they're doing something shady. But I don't no, know. I, I, that's that I, mafia stuff we were talking I, about. I, earlier. I would defend it a little bit. I know that Marilyn oh. didn't do it. Uh, there were no credit cards at the Merck for a long time because the service fees are so expensive. Well, I think we have solved the problem. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's yeah problem easy, solved. super easy. No, honestly, though, I would love to hear from some folks that are currently working in service industry positions mm-hmm. who are listening. And I would love to hear their experience because Peyton and I's experiences are a couple years old. In my case, it's over a decade and a half probably since I waited tables. I don't know what it's like now. I would love to know what people's experiences have been, how the pandemic has changed or not changed that, and what you like. What would you prefer? What does a server prefer? Do they like yeah. the service fee? I That's have no my idea. question. I want to. I would love. Yeah, to know. I want to know from a server. I I get in theory this whole service fee thing, but I want to know from a server how it impacts them. Yeah. Um. That would be yeah, because I have no idea. I'm still appalled that both of you didn't just tip coffee shops till recently. <laughs> it just felt. It's like the whole counter serve thing. Like, because for me, I go. And the the reporter who wrote the fifty two eighty piece, her, the, her description in the beginning Dahlia is Singer. my experience. When she's yeah. like, I go in, I order tea, they pour hot water in a cup, they turn the iPad, I can tip twenty percent. You panic because you're like, I'm not going to not tip. I'm not a jerk, but all they did was pour me a cup of water, and then you're tipping. It, it just feels, and then I don't know. When yeah. you're pouring drip coffee or a cup of hot water, I just never felt like I had to. It just wasn't. It wasn't like part of society back then <laughs> i think you're the anomaly to be honest that's probably I mean, a cultural. horrible thing it's to say like, cultural i'm a raging too. tipper to the point where my husband's like i think you tip too much i'm like i think it's none of your business yeah i think you're the anomaly <laughs> i think there's probably more people out there like me and paul and it's not because we're horrible people no, it's just we all. never thought about it that way yeah i also have had this experience where as i've made more money in my life i think about as redistributing that mm-hmm. a little bit like, okay, I make more money. Can I tip more? Absolutely. I would love to. I also tipped a lot when I was a server because you hook your friends up, right? Your friends hook you up. You hook them up. You go to their restaurants. You sit at their bars. I, have- I know all about that. That happens to me all the time. <laughs> Shut up, Paul. <laughs> I had many, many a friend that worked in Lodo when I was in college and I spent many nights at the Lime mm-hmm. Bar and I tipped, and these are still my best friends to this day. We've just recirculated our own money between our friend group. Mm. Really, I will say being a server changes everything. I think everyone should d- try a stint as a server in their life to really learn. 
there's there's no industry like it. I want everyone to work in fast food. Yeah, for there's. A week. I just think you have to. I think you want to know if some you want to you want to know somebody's true colors. Take them out on a date, see how they treat their server. A oh. week on the line at Chipotle. Talk about a dream come true. I would learn so much about how this that is how I felt works. about Casa Bonita a long time ago. I was like, what if I go undercover as a waitress so I can find out how it works in there? <laughs> then I was too lazy and I was like, I don't want to work in a restaurant. I've already done that. It's hard. Ain't yeah, nobody got time for that. All right, no. all right, all right. If you are one of these people who is doing a stint as uh, a service industry person, if this is your career, whatever, for all the reasons Bree said, she said it very nicely. Call us in at 720-500-5418 and uh, leave us a message. We might play it on the show. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more of our top stories of the year. See you later. Yes, we are, Bree. <laughs> You do it again. Do it again. No, I mean, that was good. Yes, we are. Here we are. We're doing it. It's great. Okay. Happy to be here. <laughs>